0: what's going on ladies and gentlemen welcome to yet another episode of pittsburgh baseball now's very own podcast two and a half gringos how you doing we missed you and we are here ladies and gentlemen we are at the point where we give our top 10 pirates prospect lists i know you've been waiting for it i know you've been antsy but um yeah it's it's gonna be an exciting episode and You know, we we got some things to say after the list, but we'll hold that off. But let me introduce my co-hosts for the evening, Anthony, Big Bear Murphy, and Nola Jeffy.
1: What's going on, fellas? What's happening? I could be
2: happier today, but, you know.
1: I mean, good times. It was a very uneventful day when it comes to pirate stuff. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Twitter didn't blow up or anything.
0: (laughs) No. No, <laughs> but um, you guys have been awesome in submitting your top 10 lists, and we figured before we give our very own list and your list, we're going to recap number 30 through 11. So Murph, the master list holder, let's read 30 through 11 before we get to the fan list.
1: All right, 30 through 11. You're gonna make me say a lot of words tonight, aren't you? Yes, I am. Uh, yep.
2: <laughs> so, we're, we're increasing your word count. Oh, my gosh. to of our, buddy. <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> uh, all
1: right. So, starting off at 30, we had Shaylin Polanco. 29 was Tony Blanco Jr. 28 was Matt Gorski. 27 was Sung Chi Chang. 26 was Colin Selby. 25 was Michael Kennedy. 24 was Travis Swaggerty, who who may or may not have been a talk about person or trending at one point today on, on my Twitter page.
2: You said the magic <laughs> word! <laughs> <laughs> at
1: 23, we had Malcolm Nunez. 22, Dario Lopez. 21, Kyle Nicholas. 20, Carmen Majinski. 19, Hunter Barco. 18, Lonnie White Jr., Seventeen, your De Los Santos. Sixteen, June Suk Shim, which we finally got to see some video on him. Shout out to Jim, Jim. coming in cl- Yeah, Jim coming in clutch with that. Although I don't know what he meant by "you people." I, I, did, I, did, I, did, I did. Here's a video for you people. Man, oh, yeah. What do you that, mean, that's, you people? That, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> um, Fifteen was Jared Triolo. Fourteen, Carlos Jimenez. Thirteen, Jiwan Bay. 12 Thomas Harrington and number 11 Jared Jones
0: just outside the top 10. I had Jared Jones James. number 10, I had him number 10, but we can't all win. Um, but Murph, we got to get to this fan list, man. It, it, there was a Quite a few participants in this. I was shocked with how many people submitted. We even had Anthony Solamedo's dad throw his hat in there, which was kind of cool to see. Uh, I was honestly shocked Anthony wasn't number one on his list. You got to have a little bit of a – a dad brag, but
1: shout out to him for I mean, being partial. I mean, I will shout out to him because my dad probably wouldn't have put me on the top 10. So <laughs> <laughs> mine either, mine either. Um, <laughs> but Murph, let's uh let's get that top 10, man. Who comes in at number 10? So, first, I will give honorable mention to the guy who actually, if based off of my scoring thing, it actually wasn't close, but he came in 11th. still. Um, G1 Bay just missed the top 10. Hmm. Um, A lot of interesting games up here, but like, I mean, it's not too far off. I guess we'll see in here in a second, but at 10, we had Bubba Chandler. Mm. At nine, we had Anthony Solomito. Okay. And Leo Verpiguero. At number Mm -hmm. eight? Mike Burrows. Okay. Nick Gonzalez. Okay. Luis Ortiz. Hmm. Quinn Priester. At number three? I like at it. Four. At four. Oh, at four? Oh, Keep yeah. up, Cody. Keep up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Math is hard. <laughs> at, number, at number three is Henry Davis. And number two is Tamar Johnson. And then number one, no surprise. I think there was only, there was only one person who didn't have Indy as the number one prospect. No, oh, I thought it would be Jacob Gonzalez, to be honest with you. <laughs> he was he was a very close, not even listed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean that's a that's a
1: fairly reasonable list, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. It's cool, you know, it kind of came. There's some some things to where like some people were like incredibly high on someone and then like someone else was non-existent but like by the time it was all said and done everything kind of just averaged out i think
0: shout Maybe. out to um graves for ranking Tamar rather low on the top 10 i i i give her props for you know very few professional at bats and you know she wanted to see it, it was it was kind of <laughs> cool and, and she got a little spicy in the comments so we, we can all <laughs> dig a good point <laughs>
1: uh I I don't. I don't know if Yark left his, left his or not on there, but I'm sure he was. He really approved of the Tamar not as high thing.
0: Yes, he would, because <laughs> <laughs> he's not
2: as high in stature either. You know, has yeah, like yeah, to yeah, throw
1: yeah.
0: that in <laughs> to the luch.
2: Always got to talk smack on the short guys.
0: Oh yeah, he hates them short kings, babe. He hates them. It's all right. It's I. I got you. I love my tall boys, but short kings have a special place in my heart still. Um uh speaking of Yark, he also discussed uh the Carmen Majinski uh debate that we had on the last pod. And um he wasn't too happy with us, called us jagoffs, but you know, we still love you, Yark. It's okay, man. We we still love you.
1: Well was guess... wasn't he saying it because we were calling him a reliever? And isn't yeah. Nola the only wasn't I mean, why do we get lumped in because Nola made a bad decision on it? <laughs> <laughs> We all get no, no, the no only one that called him a reliever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I, I'll admit, I, I didn't say it out loud. I kind of agree with him.
1: He, he's he's definitely, uh... I mean, at this point, judging how he was using spring, I would probably say so. Unless they, like, since they sent him back in there, they've really stretched him out. But I, mean, I don't know. It? I don't know. But Murph,
0: we got to get okay. this top 10 list. The people want it. The people need it. They need some more of it. So drum roll. I can't do the tongue roll, but (laughs) where's Juju when we need him? At number
1: 10, we have left-handed pitcher Anthony Solomito. Oh, number
2: 10.
0: Number 10. I had Solomito just outside the 10 at
2: 11. You're, you're gone. You're gone. You're dead. Yeah. Straight, you're straight dead. to jail. Straight <laughs> to jail. <laughs> Where did
0: gins have them?
1: Ten. I had them at 10.
0: You had them exactly 10?
1: <laughs> yeah. I think, I, if I remember correctly on it, a lot of NOLA and mine top 10 are pretty close to being the same. Mm. So. All right. Well, I guess you guys got to fight to the death to talk about Solomedo here. So, I mean... He's, he's kind of just like – the thing that I like about him is even for his age, he kind of seems as one of those guys that has a pretty safe floor just because of the, the, the deception. And, you know, he's a lefty, and pretty good slider. The changeup looked pretty good in Bradenton. So I would hate to call like a, a 19, 20-year-old like a sure thing, but like from what I saw there, he, he looks like a major league pitcher. I, I think what's really going to determine just how high he projects is that the fastball velocity. Yeah. If the fastball velocity it cranks up, and like we're already hearing that it's what, like 95, 96 right now yeah. in mm-hmm. camp. So, I, but like the big thing with that will be like, is that maintainable for a full game over a full seat, you know? He threw what about like mid? He was he finished like like mid forties in innings last year. So like if we can get him up to the seventies, like, eighties this year, maybe a little bit higher. So if he can maintain all of that, the velocity throughout the year, I mean, I know I said it before and I wrote about it on uh, P two a little bit, but like if the velocity is legit, then like we're talking about like a whole new kind of p- pitcher here. You know, top fifty, oh, yeah. top seventy five prospect overall.
2: He yeah, becomes real special if that velocity. Yes. Yeah. Bumps,
1: yeah, and it It, sticks. It's gonna suck
0: because he's gonna be in Greensboro and there's gonna be no data really to go off of. I know in Savant, there's that little trick you can do, and you can actually get data in Bradenton's game. So,
1: yeah, jump into
0: Greensboro, it's gonna be a bit of a challenge to actually judge how he looks. But you know, in the few videos that Greensboro will stream this year. I'm excited to see what he can do. Mm-hmm. If he can maintain that velo at 95, even 94, I think the changeup and the slider will play much better off of that velo jump cuz what was he around 91, 92 in Bradenton last year mostly? Yeah. 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 It's, I mean
1: even very high 80s or 90s jump. most of the time.
2: Yeah. Well, and it's just the the mechanics, the movement he already has. You know, the control he has, if he adds velocity to that, it's just it just makes it that much more like devastating. And I kind of perceived that he was likely of the pitchers that we think will be in Greensboro just with his repertoire that he has and the way his pitches move. I kind of expected that he probably even still would have had probably one of the better seasons in Greensboro. Because his stuff is better suited to, you know, keep the ball on the ground, which is what you're going to want to do in Greensboro. But then, yeah, if you're going to add in some mid-90s fastball on top of it, like, kid kid could rock it up and be something much more special. And I know we were talking about the P2 comments a little bit, and where I was even saying, I'm like, just the fact he's flashing it right now is promising. Yeah. And then we'll we'll see where he's at this year. I mean, he's a big kid, big body already, with a big frame. So we'll see how he does with maintaining that in a game and over an entirety of a season. Because that, that's going to be something that I mean, he's only twenty still. So yeah, yeah it's going to be something so. that still as he matures, he's going to build that up. And
0: even basing yeah. off Salameto's dad's comments on the velo jump. It's something that he's he can actually hit. I think he hit it even in high school. It's just first professional mm-hmm. year, and um, I'm not sure how many innings he pitched even in high school that year previous. So it, it, if he's hit that before, I think he can maintain that. It's just now we have to see it. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. a wait-and-see type of thing. Um, yeah. So Solomedo at 10. Who we got at 9, yes. or-
1: before before yeah, we go no, to that one thing, like building off what Nola said about the uh, keeping the ball on the ground, I had posted on Twitter a couple of days ago. Um, Yark brought this up, uh, or no, I was looking up, but Yark got me looking into it more. Um, pitchers to have at least a fifty percent ground ball rate and at least thirteen percent on their swing and strike rate. Like only four pitchers in the Pirate system did it. 112 pitchers in single A um, through, or how'd it go? 112 pitchers through at least 40 innings in single A last year. Only 21 of them, or 21 of them had a 50% ground ball rate, 13% swing and strike rate. Solomito was one of three teenagers to do it. The rest were like 22, 23, you know. So, like, he, if you're looking for someone who can maintain success even going into Greensboro, you're going to want someone who could keep the ball on the ground and someone who can generate swings and misses. And he did both of those at a rate that was among some of the best in the minors last year.
0: So. I'd assume his slider had the majority of that 13%. Probably.
1: Probably. Yeah. I like it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Bring it, bring, keep bringing those numbers. And, if he can bump that ground ball percentage up in Greensboro, like Nola said, he probably will have a very successful year in Greensboro.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The home roads, like you said, really he's fun pr- to look at too. Yeah,
1: I, like I, I would agree with No that, like, if I had to bet on someone to have like the prettiest of the numbers out of their rotation, it would probably be him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you look at just the projected starters in Greensboro, there isn't a whole lot of names there that pop off the list maybe Jimenez
1: maybe, maybe Harrington If Harrington starts there, pitches majority of the year maybe he, he does he puts up some decent numbers with the change up and all the other stuff and all that but yeah. like of all the ones that we know probably more or less for sure that are heading to Greensboro I'd go with solo it's probably having the better the best looking mm-hmm. numbers may not yep. still may not be pretty but yeah interested to see Bubba too
2: yeah,
0: Bubba will be fun to look at. Because, I mean, his fastball placement is very high. Very high in the zone. So we'll see how many home runs fall victim to that fastball. But maybe Bubba's nine. Who we got at nine, Murph?
1: And number nine is a pitcher. But it's not Bubba.
2: It is Luis Ortiz. Number nine? Mm-hmm. Oh. L- little little lower than the fan list.
0: Yeah, a little lower, and uh, than my list too. I had him six.
2: Yeah, I'm probably the one that brought this one down. Yeah, I had him. I had him ninth. I had him fifteenth. Fifteen.
1: 15. Oh. Well, I mean, with okay. with how you like kind of approached like the whole thing, I guess that doesn't doesn't surprise me. On there, I guess there's still um reliever concerns kind of thing, but. Cody, you had him up there. So like, I guess yeah,
0: you can- I'll i lead, I'll lead. And you know, um, the, the fastball, the velo is there. We we've seen it and, you know, we've discussed it even, uh, in the group chat and even on Twitter, the fact that he does not have very good swing and miss stuff when it comes to that fastball. And that's extremely concerning. Um, especially for a starter, even a reliever, if you think about it, um, off speed plays really well off of his fastball. I think his slider is pretty devastating when it's on. But I guess you could say that about any pitcher. The the number one thing is how are they going to use Ortiz? Is he going to develop that third pitch? Is he going to go the Spencer Strider out like Nola always points to uh with the two-pitch repertoire? I personally think, and I know Shocker here, he's going to be in the bullpen. I think that's his destiny. I think that's where he belongs in the back end of a bullpen um triple a is going to be a very key placement for him we knew it was going to happen with manipulation but i honestly think he needs to work on his fastball and a third pitch if he can generate swing and miss and get called strikes on that fastball it's a whole different ball game because we saw Luis ortiz in the wbc and he looked pretty damn good i i mean am i wrong here Say if I'm wrong. I mean, him and Rowanzi look pretty damn good coming out of Dominicans' bullpen. So, and I, I know it doesn't matter and the WBC should be taken away because players are getting injured, you know, and that's a different podcast for a different day. But I, I think if Ortiz can actually fix his fastball issues and develop a changeup, even an average changeup, I think he could make some waves. But it's a wait and see with him, and I am concerned, but I'm still hopeful. I think his floor is fairly high. I think his floor is a fairly decent bullpen pitcher, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with number six placement for me, and I know Murph is smiling. I know Murph is smiling. I know Noel is smiling. They might not agree with it, but that's my opinion. I'm sticking with it, God damn it. So you, go ahead. Rip me to shreds, you two.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i mean yeah like i i mean i've posted a couple of things uh, on twitter too about like the his fastball whiff rate is not good and it's that's not a really a recipe for success but one name that i did notice on there who who's had some success in the majors who he's kind of somewhere in between where uh ortiz and oviedo was was Patrick, Patrick Sandoval on the Angels. And, you know, he pitched really good in the WBC. The The difference with him is, you know, his slider and his changeup are, are his two best pitches, and they're really good pitches. So I think Ortiz can get by as a starter with that kind of whiff rate on the fastball as long as those... I mean, the slider's, a, the slider's amazing. There's no concern about the slider or anything like that. But if that changeup comes along and becomes... A good enough pitch to where he can maybe lead with it and work, use the fastball off of it, um, then then yeah, I, I think I still think he can have pretty good success as a starter. I mean, we, we don't know. It was also a, sm- a small sample size too in the majors. Maybe maybe the yeah, I mean we're dealing with what four starts last year and a couple starts here in in spring. Uh, like the whiff rate isn't looking too much better in spring right now. Last time I checked. But um, I do, I do know Tim wrote an article about that on, on P2 last season, talking about how, like, the fastball didn't seem like a swing and miss pitch, but we didn't have the data, the exact data to go with it. Um, I guess we'll kind of see. If the changeup really comes, I have no really no concern about him being a starter, even with the fastball not, not generating a lot of miss.
0: Now before before you go, Nola, do you think if he develops that slider and a change up into his two primary pitches, do you think that fastball whiff rate could go up just based on guys are sitting on sliders?
1: I I could I could see it improving. I mean if the like the changeup really comes along. I could see the the fastball whiff rate going up a little bit. I mean, when you think about it, I would probably say that like we get caught up in, with the upper nineties and him touching triple digits and all that. I'd probably be more inclined to say that the slider is his best pitch right now compared oh, to I agree over on the fastball. Even, yeah. So like, I mean, he, so he's already working with this, this slider. That's already plus, 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 or, you know, like I, I think I saw some somewhere mentioned like a 60 to 70 grade on it. So up to a 70 grade on it. So yeah, if that changeup comes, we could, might be able to see some more swing and miss from it, but We'll I didn't
0: know a changeup could come. Now I know. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Nala. Lead lead with your Ortiz discussion.
2: Yeah. Well, and obviously, yeah. My my. I think my thing was that I still held him with pretty high reliever risk, which is why I had him as low as I did. And it's funny talking about all this and. The way y'all are describing it it's, it's even giving me Oviedo thoughts because it's pretty much the same thing we've been saying about, about him. Just you know, it's like he's got a devastating slider, but that fastball is it's gonna hurt him. But I mean, I, I do think Ortiz's fastball's in a better place than Oviedo's. Um, but some twe- i don't know if I was say tweaking, but I, I, a changeup would definitely help. A third pitch for him. I think Ortiz is one of those guys where it's going to be a game-by-game basis. If you know the two pitches themselves, if the fastball is working that day, he could. Maybe one of the lesser lineups, like against the Cincinnati Reds, where he's just blowing them away. If his command and control are on that day, he could destroy guys. But. I, I think the potential is still there for the, being a starter. It's just I think he does still have a lot of at least, especially of these upper level, um, higher ranked pitching prospects. He just has the highest, some of the highest reliever risk to me, which is why I had him as low as I did. Yeah,
0: is he your highest rank reliever, quote unquote, on your list? Uh, yeah, I would assume.
2: <laughs> of Maybe <guys> that... <laughs> well i mean, I mean he but just he's down there a bit but yeah of, of guys that i think have but but see again I, I think ortiz still has starter potential so that's why I, I i can put him a little higher
0: yeah i mean it ortiz is going to have a very crucial development stage in triple a he needs it out of all of the upper-level pitchers. I I would say, I think he needs it more than more than That's most. Fair. That's fair. At least the ones that have been in the majors already. Guys like Quinn obviously need to be in AAA a little bit more. But yeah, I think guys who have touched the majors already definitely need he out of all of them definitely needs more AAA time. Develop a cha- did he throw a changeup at all in spring?
1: Yeah, he threw a couple. He, he threw a, a couple. couple? Per- he threw a couple pretty good ones too. He like he got a uh, like a swing and miss strikeout on on the changeup. It was like a either bases loaded or multiple guys on base mm-hmm. or something like that, and got a swing and miss on a full count with the changeup. Okay. So he's thrown a couple, not much. It's harder to track now because like we haven't seen him as much lately. And I think one of the games he pitched it, didn't he pitch in that Baltimore game that just didn't have any tracking or anything like that too. Yeah, or was it yeah? So, um.
0: Along with WBC. Uh, Velasquez, who just pitches Baltimore.
1: <laughs> I feel like that's for a reason, obviously. <laughs> we don't want uh, you to see him.
2: <laughs> I was going to say, watch him catch so much hate the first televised start he has, and then for some reason he's going to have some like miraculous like six-inning one-hitter. Quint- Quint- Quintana Quintana had six
1: had, innings? That's illegal. Quintana and had, then just go bullspring. spring. It's been awful. Jose <laughs> like, Quintana had a horrible spring training. Uh, he that had like is. an eleven
2: ERA or something. Yeah,
0: it was double digits.
2: Yeah. Hey, bad. hey, spring training stats only matter if they fit your narrative. Okay.
0: We're gonna discuss that after the list, Nola. Calm your nerves, boy. Calm. I'm on beer three. Leave me alone. <laughs> I see you drinking Miller Light. That's my boy. There, that's my drink. I love is that it. Even the first,
2: here?
1: The first two were Modello. Oh, that's, that's better. That's much better.
0: Modello's good. Michelob Ultra actually isn't bad either. I tried watching that fi- You watching
2: your
1: figure?
0: Dude, I had a Michelob Ultra at a family <laughs> get together. It was actually pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Miller Light's oh. still the best, in my opinion. Or Corona. Corona Light's good too. Love me some Corona. Not none, none of that lime shit, though. Don't put the lime in there. That's <laughs> That's that's no, that's disgusting, disgusting. All right, I'm getting off track. I'm getting (laughs) off track. (laughs) Let's let's slow it down here. Let let's go with number eight, Murph. Who we got,
1: man? At number eight, we got Leover Piguero. Peggy. Yep.
0: All right, all right. Where did I have Mister Piguero?
2: This is following me right now. I got. I had an eight.
0: I had him nine. I had him.
2: I had him seven.
0: I had him nine. So Murph, you got to lead with the Peggy talk.
1: Oh, well, I mean, I just am. I'm not buying his his the down season he had in Altoona. I I just think there's there's so much raw skill there, and there's still so much talent there. Yeah, the defensive issue, the defensive isn't a problem right now i i'm becoming less the thing i will say is i'm becoming less and less confident in him staying at shortstop but i think he's just so athletically gifted plenty of speed i mean, he stole almost 30 bases last year he's shown some some gap power and and i'm and i just feel like when it comes down to it so like the difference between so had a little bit of strikeout issues but not not a lot. So like the difference between like someone like Piguero and Gonzalez who I had ranked a little bit lower is the the versatility factor more or less is when you Gonzalez really just has second base to fall on at at that point. They can move him around all they want and, and you know throw him at a shortstop, throw him at third base. Like he, he he's a second base. But someone like Piguero could play second base, he could probably play some third. You could probably even put him in the outfield, which I've had people tell me that that he would make a really good outfielder if they would just throw him out there.
2: Um seems to be a recurrent thing with shortstops we have. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs>
2: it does. But um
1: I'm I'm just not buying like he's still what, he's twenty two.
2: Yeah, turn twenty well, 20- number
1: yeah he was 21 last year in double a which is really good i i would have to say i mean when they optioned him it actually said like option caltuna though right i don't yeah. know how much that actually means that he's gonna play there but like i wouldn't even mind him starting there i was kind of trying to do like you know kind of filter out and set up some rosters for the upper levels and i mean i had him at double a but I, I don't think anything's wrong with that i just I see so much skill there, to to kind of just give up on one bad season for him, especially with how good he started that. Well, I mean, and, and you also got a, he finished fairly strong too. Yeah, the month yeah of September was a good like couple weeks. Yeah, it
0: Something was like what uh, I got the numbers here: two seventy three, three fifty five, four thirty six slash line with a seven ninety one OPS. I mean, that's not amazing numbers, but I mean it's fairly strong finish because. Yeah. The middle months were – it was a struggle.
1: After, after he came back down from from Pittsburgh, when he played the – when he spent that weekend up there, just like all all kind of crashed. Yeah, and he was batting, what, in the
0: 300s the first two months?
1: It, it, it was up there. Like, he was destroying double-A. Like, he was yeah. far and beyond like, one of the better players in that league at that time.
0: Yeah, April, he was 324, 360, 578 with a 938 OPS. May, he was 303, 327,
2: 465 slash with a 792 OPS. Look at Cody coming
0: prepared. <laughs> I know. I I, I don't want to be the guy who just, like, makes funny comments. I actually want to contribute to the actual baseball talk here. I don't want to make uh, common jokes. As uh, I made earlier, you know I'm stepping up. I'm stepping my game up, guys. It's okay. It's all right. Um, he even did his hair for tonight. Yeah, you like that hat hair? You like that hat hair? I'm getting the <laughs> I'm getting the Jonah Hill fro going here, man. This is super bad, Jonah Hill, right yep. here. Yep. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I think Peggy probably does end up in the outfield, but. I feel the same way about Piguero as I do with Bay. I think they're athletic enough to make it work. It's just you're not going to be talking about gold gloves out in the outfield for either. Not
1: whatsoever.
0: It. They both have to, and especially Piguero, they have to use the bat to be successful. They have to hit.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I know Piguero has fairly lightning quick hands through the box and you know they talk about nick gonzalez having lightning quick hands and i think paguero's is faster to be honest with you and i i think the potentials there is just last year was concerning for me i need to yes. see him succeed this year and i want to see him jump up to triple a fairly quick if injuries and call-ups happen fairly quick I was to say, really that's
1: there's a lot of clutter they'd have to to get rid of to to kind of make room for him first. But I, I mean it's I'm, clutter that can be it's clutter that can be made if, if once they are ready to make that attempt.
0: Yeah. And so. we've seen Charrington call guys up from double A quite often, which I don't agree with personally, but that's he runs the team, he that's how he runs it fine.
1: I just don't like it. I think there'll be more of that later, questioning how he runs the team. <laughs> Yeah, sure. there'll be a lot. It's a little <laughs> bit of a, a foreshadowing <laughs> to the end
0: of this, this podcast. This is a
2: lot of setting the table.
0: Yeah, we're, we're doing a little bit of foreshadowing
2: here. We got we got to, uh,
0: you know, set it up.
2: Yeah. Um, but I, I guess a, a little bit of my piece on Peggy is that a, a lot of his is still, like, projection where it's just a lot of, like, he's still a real toolsy kid. It's just not a lot of it's present yet. And... Mm-hmm. I mean, he still only struck out, what am I say here, 21.3% of the time, which is not bad at all. Yeah. It's, he's just, again, yeah, he's just a very toolsy kid that just needs to get it going in-game. What was this his walk rate to, at? 5.6%. Uh, That's not what I thought, good. Okay. <clears throat>
1: he, he, but, he struck me as a person that just, after he went back down to Altoona, he was just constantly trying to do too much all the time and not just let his skill set play. Like he well, got used like, to things, Pittsburgh and, and wanted I, it and one of the things. And
2: yeah, one of the things I recognize, I remember when he was in Greensboro with the few games we got to see, Um, there were times – it's almost like he got antsy at the plate mm-hmm. because if, if you like wash his hands closely, when he was on, his hands were real like calm and he just like – he got set went into his swing and swung but like when he was down bad like in in a he was struggling like you would just watch his hands and they were just like moving and wiggling and then he just whenever he would go to swing he just couldn't get into like you know cuz some guys like a wiggle but that it leads into their swing to get yeah. set with him it was like it was almost like it, it, it killed his timing mm-hmm. and then he would just get he would get under balls he would top balls I didn't watch him close enough to that point last year. I didn't know if maybe that's still a problem, but like it just seemed like, it, like almost like it was getting in his head at times.
1: Yeah, it was last at least last year for sure. Like it, it, I felt like it was a hundred percent mental because like if you look at his tool set and his skill set and, and like just his arm and his range and everything, there's like he he's a surefire, no doubt, like shortstop. He can play the position. He 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 made he's made plays at, at that position. That like I, I've seen very few short steps in, in the minors be able to do. It's mm-hmm. once he gets the ball, it's somewhere from where he goes to make that throw. The motion just in his head that he starts like, "Wow, this throw has to be perfect," mm-hmm. or, or or something, and the ball just goes mm-hmm. everywhere, but it's where it's supposed to go. We saw and that it's, like, in the spring too. Yeah, it's the same thing at the at the plate too. It's like okay, well, like. This is it's like a two one count or something like that. He's like, okay, this is my opportunity. Let me do something. Let me do something. And then he's swinging at like this slider that's in the dirt that he has no business swinging because he's just he's thinking too much. Just let like just let the natural skill that he has just let it play. Just just go through the motions. And and I I think there's like like if I if I had to pick like one person as like a bounce back guy, like like, for me it's for me it's him.
0: The Kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> Go ahead, Nola. I know you had a little piece there.
2: Peace on Peggy? Yeah. I gave my piece.
0: No, I thought you were going to continue off what Murph said. I heard you. I, I oh, no.
2: no interference. No, you said the kiss method and I just blew a kiss.
0: Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Kiss back to you. All right. Thanks, buddy. Not a problem. Um, <laughs> Murph, let's uh, let's get to number seven here, man.
1: Number seven is Pigueroa's good old buddy, Nick Gonzalez. Ooh.
0: I had him number eight, Ocho. for the non-gringos listening to the podcast, Ocho. I
2: had him six.
0: Murph, where'd you have uh, good old Nicky? I had him ranked 12. Oh, Nola, you get to lead the discussion on Nick the Stick.
2: Ouch. Yeah, that's a bit of a harsh uh, rank in there, Murph. Well, but, you know, as he was saying, uh, I think recently that, you know, if if this one had gotten some of the uh, spring training update, he might have moved them, but Um, I guess I I was just still, I like the bat, I like the tools, I love the hands, the the swing and miss issue. I mean, that's something that Murph and I have been harping on for, I guess, about like two years now. I mean, that, as I don't know if I've mentioned on the podcast before, but maybe like, you Online, just that that that's actually part of the reason why I started doing those minor league who they'll face this week because we wanted to start tracking like, okay, what pitchers is Nick Gonzalez facing? Because it seemed like every time he would start facing like more advanced pitchers is when the swing and miss would really show up when he was playing in Greensboro, just because like those high fastballs, which and Jared Schuster, I remember watching games against him when he was uh, in high A and just would blow, like, a 91-mile-an-hour 90, 90 mile heater past him. Enough of that. But I think what he's doing this spring, I'm hoping it translates into the season because I am really like what I'm seeing. I mean, he's been hammering balls, making great contact. They've been breaking balls, and, too. Yeah. Hasn't just been fastballs he's turned on. Mhm and obviously a lot of his future is you know beholden upon his bat. So I I think there's still a lot there. I think he can even still hit for some power. So I'm I'm, I'm still buying that he's going to do well.
1: Yeah.
0: And you know, you brought it up, Murph, just now, the the fact that he's hitting breaking balls staying back long enough to actually hit them and hit them hard. You know, Nicky G making hard contact isn't uh, an anomaly. He he does that. It's just, Mm -hmm. he does that against fastballs and we haven't seen him do it against breaking stuff. And it's, it's very encouraging, very limited at bats during spring, but that's all we can really go off of right now in the terms of now in the past. Sure. There have been issues and we've talked about that, numerous amount of times that Gonzalez has a lot of swing and miss issues, especially for a contact guy. And, you know, if he's starting to make hard contact on breaking stuff and starting to stay back and pick his pitch, and we've discussed that too, it seems like Nicky G has a problem picking his pitch. He wants to hit everything hard and he's not staying back swinging early and it's concerning, but... Um, I'm I'm fairly encouraged and that's why I moved him up a little bit in the rankings this year um, at number eight. So it's, it's encouraging and I'm really interested to see how he hits triple a pitching because that's one step away, one step away and you're facing fairly seasoned guys, either guys who have seen major league pitching or are right on the cusp, just like Nikki G is. So, How is he going to respond is going to be a big teller of I don't I don't want to say how his career will unfold, but it's going to be a big teller of what's his floor going to be. Mm -hmm. And I think his floor as of now is an everyday second baseman. That's his floor. Can he reach that ceiling? Potentially. Potentially. We don't know. Triple A is going to be a big test at that. So, Murph, I'll let you uh, stem off of what I said on Nick the Stick.
1: So, yeah, like it's definitely been encouraging seeing what he's done in, in spring. You know, he, he's waded back and, and hit driven some breaking pitches the other way and, and, and whatnot. I mean, so, I mean, that's pretty much exactly what i wanted to see and and part of the reason why you know like i have him a little bit lower than 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 you guys and uh, like for me though like I, I just i just have to see it like consistency cuz like i wrote an article last year about like he had that week against uh who, who's the yankees double hartford right and like he he struggled yeah he struggled really bad like you, they're throwing out like pitcher after pitcher that had like above average breaking pitches and he struggled so bad. But then the following week, like he bounced back It looked like he made the adjustment and he was hitting double doubles and like he, he had a great week and then he fell right back into the same kind of
2: groove. So like,
1: yeah, Somerset, there it is. Somerset. Um, so for me it's just it's more of a consistency thing. Let me see him do it over the whole, whole season. But like if if he's able to do that if he if he's able to combine the you know plus plus hitter that they're saying he was during the draft process along with this like newfound power, if he's able to find a way to combine those two, then like he he's pretty much exactly if not more what what we we're hoping for when we took when they took him in the top 10. So I still think he like defensively. I, I still think he's just like a second baseman at this point. And the thing of, I think w- I will see it. The one thing I will say is like it would not surprise me at all if, like, so you play six games in a week for, for Indianapolis. If like he, I'm not going to say 2 2 2, but it like it wouldn't surprise me if, like, if throughout the entire week he's playing at each different infield spot just to kind of continue that. And that would also give. Triolo a chance to to play a little bit short as well, and mm-hmm. and because they're they'll probably have Bay, Bay down there and Marcano down there, so they're going to want to get them all time. So Gonzalez is probably your go to second baseman, but it wouldn't surprise me if they keep trying to push this versatility thing on him. And if it if it works, I mean that kind of lifts his floor up a little bit more too, because if if the swing and miss issues can continue, at the very least he's some sort of like bench utility infielder kind of thing.
0: I will say this. He some, he looked fairly average to above average playing third base in spring. He made a couple did, of plays
1: yeah. that were pretty flashy. And Apparently he he did fairly well. I saw a couple of people say some during the the Arizona fall league that, that they thought he looked fairly solid out there too. Cause that's where he got his first bit of games out there at it. Yeah. So
2: I mean, yeah, we'll, well we, we already have somebody at third base though.
1: Yeah. Triolo. <laughs> Yikes Future Gold Glover Yes he is Mr. 1 for 25 in spring
0: Hey I just want to ask you guys Now that Key is hitting home runs Is he going to finally win his Gold Glove
1: Yes his offense That's an offensive thing... of
0: category that
1: defense. Yeah. His offense was o- the only thing Keeping him back from winning a defensive award
2: um, they'll, pro- they'll probably still find a way To give it to Arenado or now it could like play five games, get hurt for the rest of the year, and they'll be like, all right, he's still the best. Here's a good love. <laughs> that's, that's frustrating.
0: It's very frustrating. That's
2: frustrating.
0: Um. All right. Number six, just outside the top five.
1: Who missed the top five, Murph? Number six is right handed pitcher, Bubba Chandler. Oh, just outside the
0: top fizzy. Okay, let me see. And seven. I had him 7-2. Murph, did you have him higher?
2: So, higher. so we know who's talking
1: have. about him first. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I will never turn away a discussion of Bubba Chandler. So I don't care where I had him ranked. If you want me to lead, I will lead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am I curious. I him, where
0: did you have him, though? I had him 6. 6? Oh, six. so right on the money. Yeah.
1: yeah I, my My chart, I keep going back and forth. On the chart, forgetting that I have a different spreadsheet opened up just with my list. Too many tabs. I I get, yeah, I got to See, this is what I'm telling. This is what I told you. I got too <laughs> many tabs. <laughs> um, all right, man. So, Go ahead and lead with Bubba. Bubba, man, he's a pitcher now, and he uh, has the most explosive, one of the most explosive fastballs in the system, and those break the the curveball, slider, and changeup, and all that stuff. They all look like they can be pretty good too, and this is going to be his first year to where not only this is going to be a second year focusing on just baseball, so we'll get that kind of growth. Yep. And now this is going to be his first year where he's going to be focusing on nothing but pitching, so we're going to get a full year of Bubba the pitcher, and um, that gosh. is very exciting. Because, Should I make a billboard. Oh, sure. <laughs> just I, I, I just. He has maybe outside Tamar the most upside in the system. I think. Okay. From like a raw standpoint, kind of thing, maybe what we maybe what we could get and stuff like that. I I I feel like I feel fairly comfortable in saying that.
0: No, no, that's.
1: I I wouldn't say that's a very high bus factor or a hot, very high bus factor still, but as far as pure upside. Yeah, I, I think there are very few in the system. I take over, Bubba.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know, talking uh, to full count, uh, the facility that Bubba works out at, um, I, I, you know, got some very encouraging, you know, comments on his stuff. Um, slider is obviously his best secondary pitch. Um, he was working on uh, kind of separating his slider and curveball. Um, because at times they look kind of similar coming out of the hand. So, you know, having two distinct pitches and and working on the tunneling and things of that sort, um, change-up is very, very early in stages of development. Um, but even having a change-up is going to be encouraging for Bubba, especially playing off of that high 90s fastball. Um, you know, and pair that with a slider. You know, even if he cuts the curveball, you still have the slider fastball. So, could be a Cody pitcher, which is very, very, very cool. <laughs> I have to get it in there. I know you're shaking your head. I have to get it in there. Um, every
2: pitcher, every pitcher, every, every pitcher, man.
0: Three innings, four innings, max. Get him out. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the, and the numbers you sent me, Mark, for the article I wrote on Bubba, it was uh interesting stuff, especially you know judging off his call strike and swing and miss. Numbers uh fairly encouraging uh considered how many innings he pitched. Um he ranked fairly high in the FSL, if I'm not mistaken, right?
1: Yeah, for I mean he only pitched what like 25 innings. Yeah, it was in, very in, in in Bradenton. So like very small sample size for it. But yeah, like his swing and miss numbers were elite, especially with that fastball. Luis Ortiz could <laughs> yeah. learn a thing or two. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's crazy you think that too because, like, both have high velocity. I mean, it's not like Ortiz's fastball is flat. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Bubba's feels like it has more natural movement to it than, than Ortiz's. Yeah. Bubba's has a little well, bit Bubbles of more has, rise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's just weird how that works sometimes. Yeah. Baseball's right? weird. They're, they're not
2: that far off comparison wise. Yeah. Baseball's Especially, weird. Yeah. Because uh, Ortiz's forcing. X, you know, again it's kind of funny saying it that uh Ortiz's fastball moves more like a sinker. Yeah, it does a the force. Yeah, there's so. a lot
1: of a lot of run on it.
2: Yeah. yeah
1: so.
0: All right, Nola, so what what do you got on uh Bubba the pitcher and purely a pitcher? what are your thoughts on him?
2: Well, I, th- I think he uh I think he made a right move. Um I believe it was changing his profile picture to him of uh in the pirates hat to parrot. I think it was a wrong wrong move cutting the hair. (laughs) Um, But other than that, yeah, I mean, young kid, big kid, big stuff. I think it's gonna work in his favor. Focusing primarily on pitching, Um, I think. I think he's could have a real big, big show year this year. Mm-hmm. That, that slider fastball. And yeah, because yeah, you sent us those numbers, and the changeup was definitely something in the process in the very early stages. And hopefully, he develops that so we're not talking about him in the same fashion we are all these other guys. High reliever risk? On, yeah, on, on that precipice of the majors. And we're like, if they could develop a third pitch, you know, I mean, we're at the point would- where guys don't necessarily need a third pitch. It need like a third pitch more as a show me, but mm-hmm. it's another tool in the tool in the in the bag is definitely very useful. So, and if he can it, cut he down, fifty percent strike
1: rate with pretty. He almost had a fifty percent strikeout rate with ju- pretty much just that fastball in the FCL. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that fastball plays.
2: Yeah, uh-huh.
1: yeah,
0: and you know if he can cut down, uh, and. Work on his control and command because I know there was obvious issues there, but he's young. It was his first year of purely just baseball. So we can't really judge too much of that Um, Mm -hmm. and just work on being a professional. That was the main emphasis on what I got from the interview at full count. So work on being a professional and work on the command and control, just not adding anything, just working on with what he has. Which, you know, like I said earlier, the KISS method, keep it simple. You know, and if Bubba can keep it simple and work on his command and control. I wouldn't be shocked if Murph's statement was correct. Having probably the highest ceiling next to Tamar. That's, you know, it's not as crazy. And my Mitch Keller Cy Young votes isn't crazy either with that cutter, baby. I had to okay. put it in <laughs>
1: that's fair that's right I I will say too like on like Bubba's changeup if there's a group of pitchers for him to be working with the entire year it's probably this one that can really help that when you think about it yeah Poe chen has got got a great off-speed pitch uh Jimenez obviously if Thomas Harrington spends some time in in Greensboro how much there with his changeup so like I mean they're all working on their own development thing so I guess we can't really expect them to to kind of Focus any of their time on trying to help someone else out, but like they'll be around it every day. So I'm sure some of this stuff will rub off on them. So the it's, it's a good group to be around if you want to kind of
2: take that next step with the change up. Pirates starting rotation 2026. It's a pretty good, good rotation.
0: Yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, if they all reach their, their ceilings, that's a hell of a rotation. Yeah. All right. All right. So, numero five. Murph, we're in the top five now. Number five is right-handed pitcher Quinn Priester.
2: Oh I had him number five.
0: What'd you
1: have him at, Murph? Number five. Nolan and I top five is exactly the same, and I think because it's the exact same that like our final list ended up that way too. Because two two of the three of us had the same, so it just kind of out. I had, I had quinn number three <laughs> yeah i had him oh,
0: um, oh, okay okay so i guess i got a lead um i, I, I was kind of disappointed that we didn't get to see more of quinn in spring i think he had mm-hmm. two innings of work two it.
1: appearances something like that um And one of them is that Baltimore game that we didn't even see. Right. So
0: not a whole lot to go off of in spring. But, I mean, he has the sinker and he's worked on the backdoor sinker that we talked about last season, which is going to be huge um, if he can develop that and maintain that spot. Um, The curveball we all know about, it has, from what we can tell, elite number. Uh, in terms of spin rate. Um, I, I think the biggest thing for Quinn is just to stay healthy. I think if Quinn can stay healthy, have a full season in AAA, and maybe he gets the Rowanzi treatment and gets one start in Pittsburgh to get a little taste, which I'm cool with. It, it'd be fun to see Quinn at PNC. Um, I, I really think his sinker... Is going to be his go-to pitch. And even talking with him, his he much more favors that sinker than his four seam. And his slider, we've seen it in the futures game, uh, it was in very early stages of development. It still looked good. And mm-hmm. if Quinn can develop a slider on top of that sinker and curve, I, I think Quinn is destined to be a middle of the rotation starter. I think people need to stop putting that ace tag on him that everyone talked about leading up to last year. Um, I don't think Quinn has that ceiling, but I think ranking him third is justified purely based on the fact that his slider looks good in early stages of development. His curveball has elite numbers with it, from what I understand. And his sinker has the potential to be a very, very good pitch in the majors so yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, i love me some
0: uh, quinn i love his intensity yeah. so oh, that's why I, I had to put it I, up.
1: that um was it that game against uh winston-salem in in 2021 he he like it was, he, it was bases loaded nobody out he got out of the inning um i think he struck out the next three people all three hitters and um later and that's the same game that he got out of the bases loaded jam with zero outs and then had that in inning Hill ending too later on Yeah. so mm-hmm. like yeah I, yeah he, he's a stud he's a great pitcher like the slider is really good was it in the afl the, the little bit of data i was gonna i was able to get in the arizona fall league his slider had a whiff rate over 50 percent. so like that that's is that
2: good is I think that,
0: so. <laughs> that text message so. you sent us with, with crew is that good? Or Skeens is that good? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, it's, that's that's that's. yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, Quinns Quinns. I think he's he's the guy. When you look at everyone in the system, like I mean, obviously it's it's easy to say that because he's in A, but like he's the mm. guy that you look at and like he's the guy the surefire bet. You know, he's going to be. A starting pitcher in Pittsburgh for the next however many years. Like the upside may vary. You can argue on the upside. Cody, you brought up the thing with the ace. I hate people using the. the I don't use the word hate too much, but I, I can't stand when people use the word ace because they don't know what it actually means. So they don't. Act, so when they say it, like I just know they don't know what they got. You know. Yeah. yeah well, that, no,
2: then he, that the word itself is just it's subjective. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so is it is an ace getting the guy ball guy, every five
1: days? It doesn't and matter where getting, you are. Every pitch, yeah, every pitcher's getting the ball here. <laughs> yeah. Five days. So, like, and, then, and once you, once you, once opening days done, one through five doesn't matter. Yeah. So, so, but I mean, he, he's, he's the guy that we know for if we keep him past reagency agency or we, however we do it, he's, he's going to be a starting pitcher. He'll be a member of the rotation for as long as the Pirates keep him within the organization. Mm mm-hmm. hmm. He's a safe, sure-fire guy. And that's why you don't get many of those nowadays. I feel like I said the same thing about Brad Lincoln, though. Mm. Mm.
2: (laughs) That's scary. (laughs) I I was at that uh, game where Carlos Santana hit a home run off Brad Lincoln. (laughs) Mm. Sad face.
0: Yeah, that's a major (laughs) sad face. Especially for Merv.
1: I like Brad Lincoln so much. Yeah. Yeah, you and me both.
0: All right, Nola, yeah. what's your uh, what's your QP thoughts,
1: man?
2: Um, Basically, I mean, I guess you pretty much already touched on it. It's just, to me, again, of the, the uh, upper-level pitchers, he has the highest floor to me to where, like, I feel like he is a definite starter. And it's going to – the upside is going to be kind of – the contingent on if he's able to generate more swing and miss as he goes. Because as of right now, he's more, a little more of a contact, pitch-to-contact type pitcher ground ball, which in itself it would be kind well with the
0: sinker, though, if you think about it. So it's...
2: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see how... Because thinking on it, you know, he was pitching an L2, no? And he'll be moving to Indy. But, I mean, he pitched well in Greensboro. With Greensboro being a home run happy place, it's just – I mean, kind of like how we were just talking about Solomon, he just had the type of stuff – he has the type of stuff where he should succeed in Greensboro just because he's going to be able to keep the ball on the ground. It's kind of the same mm-hmm. thing with Priester, where he's just able to keep the ball on the ground. Um, and it's just – if he's able to stay healthy and show a little progress – to miss more bats, like, I mean, middle rotation is probably where I had him, as it is, and but his floor is back end rotation, so. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so, like, I like that you made that Priester and kind of, like, going back to Solomito with it, because where I talked about Solo having the 50% ground ball rate and 13% mm. swinging strike rate, Quinn Priester was one of three other pitchers in the system to, to do that last year as well. <laughs> so... So if, I guess if, yeah, I guess if that further proves that like if anyone can succeed in Greensboro if Quinn succeeded in Greensboro, so can Solo with it. But also with that like with the the 13% swing and strike rate isn't isn't bad. It's a pretty good number there to yeah. have. So like that kind of that kind of gives me a little bit of hope that maybe there's more there. Maybe he's still learning how to properly mm-hmm. utilize all five of those pitches. And you know, because we saw like the him kind of mm-hmm kind of use the slider a little bit more in the afl so mm-hmm. once he kind of learns how the best way to sequence all of those pitches now maybe we do see that uptake in strikeouts because this swimming strike rate right rate yeah. is there it's just he wasn't finishing hitters
2: well no, so. i want to i want to say i might be wrong but i want to say the mlb league average was a 12 and a half and strike rate is, I,
1: I would have to double check that for the major league average. But. I,
2: I want to say the major league average was twenty and a half. And reason I, <laughs> I was looking it up because of Oviedo the one day, and he had like a nine and a half percent. I want to say it was. <laughs> That's why I was like,
0: why'd you look? Why'd you look Oviedo up there, Noel? Because <laughs> I love him as a starter. Why? <laughs> 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 all
2: right.
0: All right. Um, so Quinn, bottom line starter, just where is he going to start? And I think another thing too with him, if you can surround him with average to above average defenders, I think his numbers will be much better than anticipated. Because you know, minor league defenders, you, you never it, bring him up to the majors, above average defenders, his numbers
2: will be better. Just throw the sinker page. You're just trying to piss me off, aren't you? Yes, yes. Above
1: average defenders playing the proper position. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: I'm setting the table for you, man. I just want you to get, <laughs> get Woo-sah. <born>. Woosa. <laughs> you didn't see the wink before I started talking. Come on, man. We we gotta have I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go get another beer. Go get another
2: one because we're getting close. I, I feel like I know I feel like I know who the next one's gonna be. And Murph's gonna want to talk first. Yeah. Go ahead. So, <laughs> although I feel like maybe I should because Murph's gonna go on a while, but uh, I'll let Murph say <laughs> it. I'm gonna go get a beer.
0: As as Nola go gets a beer. Murph, who's number four, man? Right, number be four.
2: A...
1: Number four is gonna be right handed pitcher, Mike Burrows.
0: There it is. I had him
1: five. I think Nola I had him four.
0: Okay. All right. Well so. Go ahead and discuss Burroughs while Nola gets a beer.
1: So, Mike Burroughs, big thing with him going into last year was, can he, you know, I feel like we've said this a hundred times already just on this podcast, can he throw a third pitch and can he throw it effectively? through the changeup. By the end of the season, changeup was looking pretty good. Came back this year, throwing a slider. And the slider now, as, that, as spring training is going on, Look better and better and better. I think the last game that we actually saw him before he got sent down, like the metrics on that slider was just insane. Um, Were they marking that as a changeup on Savant? Yeah, originally they had marked it as a changeup, which I knew wasn't the case. One because yeah. the spin rate was completely different. That's a really and, good changeup
0: with spin rate.
1: <laughs> and then, and then two, it headed breaking the opposite way as all his other changeups. Yeah. So, like, clearly it wasn't that. But they adjusted it and everything like that. I think the way that I look at because, like, obviously the the big conversation would be Quinn versus Burrows, And for me, it's because we talked about Quinn being more of the safer pick. He has the higher floor. We know he's going to be the starter. I still think to an extent there is still some reliever risk with Burroughs. But him adding that slider puts him as close. I think at this point now, the only reason I would say he has the reliever risk is because he's been, he's fought injuries each of the last two seasons. We still haven't gotten like a complete full season out of him without some sort Mm of missing time and stuff like that. But him adding that slider just kind of shot him so much higher up. And you know, I said, Quinn has the higher floor. I think Burrows definitely has the higher ceiling between the two, and that's, that's where I kind of end up going with
0: it. Yeah, and you know I kind of find it funny that Fangraphs still labeled him as a single inning relief pitcher, even though, and they mentioned the changeup, even though his changeup is one of his higher ranked pitches. Oh, uh,
2: so yeah, because Fangraphs like, had, so is it Fangraphs that have it as his highest now, <laughs> like as a sixty? is that yeah. baseball? His or fastball,
1: would... was, his fastball was definitely higher than his curveball like it's curve, his curb they took they they had a it was a 60 last year or like the previous year and now they had it they had the curb out at a 55 this year
0: yeah it's, so. it's hysterical to me to just
2: well no was it his last appearance i think yeah he threw a couple of sliders and like came into the chat and was like was that a slider did he just that was filthy no, he,
1: that was filthy yeah, yeah he he got multiple swing and misses with it that game, yeah. So yeah, they don't even have a slider listed on Fangraphs, because yeah, I think when they started doing this list was probably before he even went out there, and and then if they were just going off of like last year's stuff, like there's no way they would have seen that. Yeah, so, yeah they his uh, Fangraphs has his changeup as a sixty grade right now, mm-hmm. but he's still. I I don't think NS nine brought that brought Burroughs up with Longenhagen when they had him on, so that oh, would have been so- interesting. Yeah, that would, yeah. Have been, that would have been something I would have brought up immediately. It's like, hey man, he has three pitches. His third
2: pitch is now a plus pitch in your eyes.
1: What's, I'd, up, I'd with the, uh, what's up with the uh, relief pitcher thing?
2: I'd, I'd asked them what they thought about their sinker. Thought about a sinker. <laughs> 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 uh, but, yeah, I mean, Murph pretty much hit all the points. It's just Burroughs to me still has the highest uh, potential of the starters. So that's why of uh, that group between like Burroughs, Pre-Sorties, uh, Burroughs to me is still the number one out of those guys just because, I mean, that fastball plays top of the zone with the rise. Was it the the uh, induced vertical? Short sure rise? <laughs> What's that? You sure I it don't... rises? I'm not sure man
1: it oh, has yeah. some sync oh, yeah. to it. I, I, yeah. I don't I don't and know how why. He, I don't know how his fastball gets that much swing and miss. So like that's another thing too. Like I want to I just want to I want to figure that out. That that it it blows my mind. Like well, he, here's he good... throwing 93 94, 95 sometimes and and these guys can't touch his fastball. And then you got Ortiz pumping out 98 99 100 and the dude <laughs> Well, is in the 400s when it comes
2: to well, it's, it's that whole like IVB the induced vertical break like he has like a ridiculous like 20.5 mm-hmm. 21.5 IVB like and that's, mm-hmm. it, that's up there with like Garrett Cole and like other pitchers and their top fastballs like his it's ridiculous whereas Before, you know as, oh. as we're talking with like Ortiz I mean his fastball has sinking action so his mm-hmm. fastball is dropping like so with, you know, gravity, whereas like Burrows, <laughs> it, it has the illusion of rising mm-hmm. and it's just it's hard for guys to catch up, especially when you're spotting at top of the zone. And then the curve is obviously dirty. That slider, a fresh pitch like he got some ugly swings on that. It was like,
0: hold up a second. Yeah. Yeah. it makes you wonder how long he's actually been throwing that i'm wondering if he was throwing that last year in side <laughs> yeah. sessions
2: or something
1: he,
0: well he, and it then, looks and too not, advanced to be that fresh
2: and then even touching on that we didn't even really touch base on just the i guess we could call it improved mechanics improved motion like mm-hmm. yeah. and it's not that same violent whip that he was showing last year and you touched on that with jones too
0: it seems to be yeah. they both are less violent, which it's going to well, be yeah, an arm it, saver. It,
2: it seemed like something that was just kind of like a uh, like like a two-year deal because, like, Lucas Giolito was doing it. Joe Musgrove was doing the short motion. It seemed like a quick, like, two-year deal, and already, like, people are like, man, because even Keller last year was like, no, I went to a much, you know, mm-hmm. uh, extended
0: yep. motion. Mm-hmm. And Kranich was doing the short arm too, and everyone was praising Vic Black for it. And you know, the whole that whole yeah. um yeah, Burroughs is that 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 was pretty fair what you said, Murph. He has the highest ceiling out of the, the two pitchers guy. you mentioned. You know, it's just a matter of if Burroughs can complete a full season. We've yet to see it and he, he pitched quite a few innings last year, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. So, yeah, it's, he, hit
1: he missed some 90s. time, but he, I mean, he still pitched like high 80s, low 90s. I think he still was able to, to get yeah. around.
2: I think yeah. he hit the 90s. I want to say. Uh,
1: I be- it might have been the, the 90s. 90,
2: 94 and two thirds. Okay. Yeah, so, so, I mean, he's missing, just, missing some so like, time. Yeah, he still
1: hit 90s. That's which is a bad not, season.
2: Yeah. Which,
0: yeah. You know, and bump him up in the hundreds, hopefully. So I mean I'm I'm wondering how the Pirates will utilize that because I know they're very wary of injury risk and things of that sort with pitchers. So they might limit his innings as far as reaching over a hundred, but um I don't think there's very much more to say on Burrows other than what Nola just brought out with his swing and miss stuff on his fastball, his curveball and the new addition with the slider and you know got to talk about that sink <laughs> <laughs> all right man number 3 i got to be
2: nice we're friends again
0: <laughs> <laughs> number 3 who we got man number, number 3 is
1: catcher henry davis
0: hd tank tank i had him quattro i had him 4 3 and 3 Yeah, I agree. All right. You two fight well. Murph, you led with Burroughs, so let Nola lead with uh,
2: Tank. Well, I mean, it's obviously all pretty much projection on the bat, which so long as – since we're talking about health, if he can stay healthy, not get hit by the bat 500 million times in a season. I mean, when he was healthy – I. The bat looked amazing. The bat looked great. The eye, the patience. Um, he doesn't have a problem catching up to speed. I mean, there was – I forget who it was and which team. I want to say the Senators. I'm not sure. But someone had some overseas veteran pitchers, like a 29-year-old dude, just throwing 99, 100 miles an hour. And he was just trying to hit the top of the zone. Davis was just fouling pitches off. No problem. Like, no issue. and. I, I think the bat is special. The question's gonna be, will he stick behind the plate? They seem sure. Fire on keeping him behind the plate, which he's starting a year in Altuna. We'll see how that goes. I still mm-hmm. question that, but I love the bat. Love the bat. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for for, for me right now it's 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 almost a hundred percent bat. And I, I think I think I've been I don't say I've been the most vocal, but I feel like I've been one of the more vocal guys when it comes to. Yeah, he's probably not a catcher long term, but like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care because he, the dude can hit. Like, I like I'm watching, going back and watching his, some of his video back in Altoona, and I tried to pick the games to where it was. It's made more sense that he was probably healthier at the time.
2: Mm-hmm
1: that yeah, so and like i don't see any kind of issue with his approach his bet. i think for it's it's just going to come down to he just needs to stay on the field and and get that experience that he needs i mean i i don't mind putting him behind the plate like let him catch for as long as possible mm-hmm. um my.
2: i mean i will say i mean he did swipe a couple bags he's a little more I don't want to say yeah, fast moved, but
1: nimble yeah he moves yeah, he a little more nimble out there, like there and for by by, all, by everything that I can assess and everything like that going back to the the fall league he looked better back behind the plate in in the fall mm-hmm. league, as far as his receiving and and keeping pitches in front of him stuff like that he, there's got to be something when it comes to mechanical motion or something like that because like the outside of his power like the thing that the people talked about the most was like his arm like he oh, had a yeah. plus plus arm but he only threw out 13 percent of the the base dealers last year so yeah. some, there's some sort of you know interruption or there's something in between there that misconnect that for someone with his arm he shouldn't be throwing out hitters with that low of a rate so yeah. i'm cool with him letting him catch as long as possible like I remember it was the baseball America was the one that kind of said like they, they kind of see like a Mike Napoli kind of thing and all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. if you put aside the whole first overall pick thing, like even to even even considering the crapshoot <clears> that the draft is, look look at Mike Napoli's numbers for his career. Like I would take yeah. that in a heartbeat.
0: Wasn't there Buster Posey might... uh comparisons too from some site? I forget who.
1: Someone if someone said that they were crazy.
0: There was Buster Posey. <laughs> like, I don't know if it was like someone like Fangraphs or Baseball America, but someone somewhere I saw say Buster Posey. And I was Man. completely thrown off by that. I mean, he has so the
2: probably, ar- like, He has an, probably like, he everyone's is the arm. favorite. favorite uh, one of Pirates Twitter's favorite tweeters that's usually up for the Jackies,
1: maybe. <laughs> I, I would say that's I feel like that's probably like a, that's probably one of those like lazy comparisons that that people can make to where it's like, oh well, he's a catcher mm-hmm. and he's an elite prospect. So, what other elite prospects have there been that have gone in the top of the draft? And, it's like, probably Keith Law. Per... <laughs> I, I mean, Keith Law is the guy who had him like at the top of the draft boards like yeah, the entire Ke- time, Keith.
2: right? Yeah, Keith Law had him one, one one the entire time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if there's anyone who's big on him, I guess it would be him.
2: But... Which worries me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keith Law, Keith Law was the Kevin Newman table pounder, so no, oh, God, <laughs> he still pounds the table for Kevin Newman.
0: I wonder how he felt about Newman. the Dari Moretta trade.
2: <laughs> Reds are going to I, the World his, Series. I, he had to take that better than I did. He was honestly probably happy because I think he still holds Kevin Newman against the Pirates the way he talks. <laughs>
1: You know what? I, I I would love to see like Kevin Newman like send one over the fence it, uh, opening weekend. As long as it's breaker. As long as it's well, to
2: against Some yeah, yeah.
1: Newman's gonna
0: hit forty five mile per hour number. That'll go for a <laughs> double. People are gonna call him the next coming. Absolutely,
2: bro. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Happy wow. special.
2: A beer is yeah. empty.
0: A beer is empty. You got to get another one.
2: Well, no, this one's full. That one I just grabbed. <laughs> the Miller Lite's empty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait, wait, you got a Modelo now? You, you, what, 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 what was with the Miller Light in between, man? Was that like your break? Was that your water?
2: No, yeah, that's the one that Annabelle handed me earlier. So.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
2: I mean, I needed to rehydrate. So oh, now yeah. I'm back to Modelo. <laughs> Quotation. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean,
0: what you guys said with Tank, it. There's really not much else to say. I'm gonna be honest. I took a piss in the middle of this, guys, and uh, I didn't really hear what most of you said, so I'm probably gonna just repeat. And um, as Nola as has frozen on us, and it's not me for once, so that's fun, Murph. That, that's real fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i will add on to uh what like nola brought up like tank being able to like uh turn on fastballs and stuff like that he hit a home run against andrew painter last year who like as we saw in spring like painter was like hitting 99 100 in spring so
0: yeah i mean his power isn't coming into question it's just we barely get to see and it the,
1: yeah and the contact and everything like his approach like i'm not worried like that's one of the things i mentioned like i'm not worried about any of the numbers he put in altoona like he like it's all there. It's just a matter of him being healthy and on the field.
0: Okay, now, this question has been bugging me forever, and I, I'm i not sure if NS9 talked with Logan Hagen about it. Is there something about Davis at the plate that just makes him a ball magnet? I, I mean, is he that close to the plate? I mean, I don't think he's that much. I mean, I don't think he's crowding the plate that much to where he's getting <laughs> hit a million times.
1: I... We'll say without like saying names. I have talked to someone who watched him play like even like pre-Louisville days and said his his approach always has been more of a like, "Eh, I really don't mind. Like I'm not going to rush to get out of the way. So it's not always something to where like maybe he's close to the plate. I mean, but like, I think Nola was the one who brought up like it did look like he did take like a full step back or something like that at one point yeah, when he came even back,
2: even like half a step. Yeah, just... he he took
1: he took a noticeable step back, Well noticeable for like Salavas cel- on it. But he, he, it's just always been kind of his approach at the plate, apparently. That like he just, I mean, if he gets on base, he gets on base. It, it gets him on base, so he's got to take take a pitch to do it then then he'll he has no problem doing it
0: that obp would like
1: to see
2: him stop doing it
0: <laughs> yeah a yeah
2: l- a little few balls a little fewer balls in the hands
0: yes please. yeah hands for sure i mean or start wearing like super padded gloves because i know he goes no gloves like old school
1: but oh he's got that thing on his wrist and like covering up part of his like yeah. That's like some medieval armor he's got going on there now. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, yeah. yeah.
1: Which is even more surprising. He'd still generate the bats that he does with with it. But yeah.
0: All right. Number two, it's either Tamar or Endy. Um it is
1: infielder, Tamar Johnson.
0: All right. I mean you could say the same for Andy, but
1: <laughs> Yeah. I tried to make create some things with it, but
0: yeah, the, Tamar. <laughs> no, um, Yark. You might want to close your ears for the Tamar conversation. I know. I know it pains and hurts you to to hear his name, even you know, kind of like Voldemort, he who must not be named. Uh, I
2: know about the short people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had Tamar ranked uh, number two. Um, did you guys have him too as well?
1: Two. Yeah, I think one and two were like unanimous between all three of us. Okay, yeah. Uh,
0: since I basically skipped out on the, the Tank Davis talk, I guess I'll lead um with Tamar. And I, I think the number one thing that needs to be mentioned is, um, did I freeze on you guys? Yes, I did. That's great <laughs> stuff. That's See, <laughs> this is why you need to listen to this podcast because there's going to be no editing whatsoever. You get this full raw everything it's going in raw guys well, i
2: think he did that on purpose okay i'll lead oh.
0: <laughs> that's how i look that's great that's great see when we start streaming on youtube you guys get to see the whole thing and it's gonna be amazing you're gonna love my mug i swear to god but we'll lead with i'll lead with tamar And, you know, the first thing that needs to be mentioned, Murph, the numbers that you pulled from Tamar Johnson's exit velocities in the short amount of time he played. um, That's elite level stuff right there. It's elite. Um, And, you know, the questions come into play. Can that power translate as he goes up through the system? Um, Being of shorter stature and not being your prototypical power frame. Um, I think Tamar could use a few more pounds on him, maybe. Um, I think Tamar's power can play. I think it will play. And at the very least, his ball-to-bat skills are still there. And I think Tamar can get on base. I think that's going to be his number one thing. Defense, we're not going to really talk about a whole lot about with him. Um, I don't know if he's going to be shortstop, second base, whatever. I know he discussed sticking at shortstop when the Pirates drafted him, but I don't see it. I, I think he might move to second base. I think that's probably his better um, placement. But uh, Murph, you brought it up earlier. Tamar has probably the highest ceiling in the system. And I am really, really curious to see how he handles – Greensboro if he starts out in Greensboro I'm not sure I'm I'm assuming he Would um, if not Maybe they just have him in Bradenton for A month maybe less And see where it goes from there but um, Tamar is an interesting Cat and I think Even His floor is still a Very good player and That's where I'll leave it I'll let you Jens, uh, Discuss Tamar Johnson And you know We'll talk more about it. Yark, I'm sorry.
2: Well, so long as you don't, you know, freeze out again. Um. (laughs) You know, I have a button here
0: that just freezes (laughs) myself instantly.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah, definitely super excited, super excited. Uh, Well, see more uh, (laughs) tomorrow this year. We'll see what happens there. But uh, I guess uh, to box score, watch tomorrow some more, see some highlight videos. But it's just, majority of it is just projection and the talk about him. And it's just the way everybody talks about him. I'm just super excited to see a full year out of him. Yeah. yeah. I There's think... just. So much upside. Mm
0: hmm. I think, and one of the biggest things that sticks out to me, and it kind of bothers me, is you know before he touched a professional field, I forget who was talking about him on um, MLB Network, but they were like, it reminded me of Ken Griffey Jr. watching him swing and just watching well, him those
1: VPs.
2: Harold Reynolds, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I don't think he misses a chance to to let people know he played with Ken Griffey Jr.
0: Yeah, and, and that bothers <laughs> me a lot because that puts so much pressure on a kid who has still a teenager, really, and you're... He's still 18. Yeah. Well, and... I'm
2: not even so much worried about the pressure on him, though, more than it's just... I don't even necessarily think it's going to be pressure on him more than it's just us having to listen to dumbass people that take that for... as the yeah. Bible, and they're like, well, they say he's going to be Griffin. It's like, come on, dude, like...
1: Or he has the same bat the ball skills that like Vlad and Wade Boggs had. right? Just, like it's it's those it's like, comparisons. Like that two, Just throw in a two, me two off. sentence span, you you just name like three Hall of Famers, <laughs> right? So, so like I mean, I will say that like everything that Yark says about Tamar, I get it to an extent. I get it. Like his his variance on there. If he's limited to just second base being like a, the fourth overall pick, like there's, there's no margin of error really with him. He like, he, he got drafted to hit. So he's going to have to hit. But when you turned the, the video on on him and a little bit that we did get to see him in Bradenton, like, yeah, yeah. You, you see exactly what, like his, his ability to barrel up a baseball at 18 years old in, in single a is, mm. and for how hard he hit the ball, and like, it's, it's pretty special what what he did there in just a brief little time. I mean the he hit a home run but like it was an inside the park home run that like barely left the ground <laughs> but yeah I feel like I need to get yeah, I feel like I need to get that out there because I, I feel like too many people talk about it and they don't realize that it, mm-hmm. it, it was an inside the park home run that like barely left the ground <laughs> but he hits the ball really hard. He uh, and like okay maybe hit the the frame isn't as projectable but like you you take another guy who has like a similar size and, and uh Sun Chi Cheng and he, like it's you can already see the difference in the power mm-hmm. and stuff like that mm-hmm. so like the power is there the ability to square up with the ball is there like the the tools is there to be like a special player even if he is. Limited to few second base, and it, and it feels weird making that kind of exception with it because, like, we just had that conversation about like Pagan and Gonzalez, and that's kind of, and I said that's kind of why I have Piguero over Gonzalez because mm-hmm. he has more of the versatility and stuff like that. But when you're talking about a guy with the kind of upside that he does offensively, that kind of like just counteracts the fact that he's mm-hmm. a second, just the second baseman. Well, yeah, well and even schools, just the fact. Surf- that-
0: Gonzalez and Peguero, the potential yeah, yeah. of his tools. You yeah. go ahead.
2: Well, I, mean, I was going to say, you know, we just got done talking about Tank Davis and really even him as a 1-1 pick, it was like he's going to need to hit because he's currently at a premier position, but we're not really sure he's going to stick there. So regardless of where mm-hmm. he ends up, it's largely going to be contingent on the bat playing. Mm-hmm. But another thing I was thinking about too is it, that's kind of interesting, like especially with you comparing Chang to Tamar. I think that's kind of where going back to like when we talk about someone like Sh- uh, Shim, you know, with someone like Shim, it's like he's already in his body at such a young mm-hmm. age. It's kind of the same thing with Tamar, like he's a stocky, thick, five se- five foot seven or 5'6", or 5'8", depending on where you look. I think I saw one place say 5'10". I was like, that's definitely wrong. <laughs> but, Those are some that, thick you know, cleats. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, he's already, you know, like, into his frame, whereas, you know, like, Chang, you know, it's... He's a wiry little kid, and you're like, maybe he might add some more weight, but, you know, that's... Like, if you look at... We'll, we'll say Andy Rodriguez and Marcano. I want to say, like, low A, or even both of my like, 21 years old. Like, they were the exact same build. But, like, Endy kind of, like, got a little stronger and put a little bit on his frame, and Marcano just stayed the same. As well as there's talks about, like, mechanicals and of the swing and those types of different things to where, like, it is the swing built to drive power within their body and their frame kind of deal. Yeah. It's
0: all projection at this point, but the tools that he has, if if he lives up to that potential, it's it's a very very special player, and mm-hmm. maybe Hall of Fame. But we're not going to make that off of how many at bats that he's had. And Harold Reynolds yeah. discussing the that, that just sorry that that just irks me. He has plate appearances. Yeah and yeah he made that comparison before 82 played appearances yes. yeah mm-hmm. yeah he made that up um,
1: of a batting practice session
0: yeah um obviously andy rodriguez number 1 I how would you what, know i i'm i'm magic it's it's the jonah hill hair it it just adds so much brain power pretty so, much yeah um I mean what what else can we say about Andy other than he's special yeah he's special and you know the pirates are service time manipulating him um when in reality he really does need work defensively um behind the plate he got better towards mm-hmm. the end of the year but still needs some time his approach at the plate was really really interesting to see during spring training there was a couple of Um, at bats that I watched, where you know he went the other way down in the count, and for the double, what I'm pretty, what was it, one two or o two? He was down,
2: and he Um, hit that double
0: the other way. So I mean, his approach at the plate is extremely advanced. Um, still super young, comparing you know where he's at, um, in the minor leagues at AAA, which Mm -hmm. you know and the Pirates got him from Joe, for Joey Lucchesi. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll take that trade any day of the week. hmm um, That's a deal. And, you know, the fact that he hit, since full season ball he's played in, he's hit, I think, what was it, 290-something was his lowest batting average. So the, the bat-to-ball skill has always been there. The contact has always been there. Um, I'm really interested to see how his power plays out to see how many um, home runs he could potentially hit at PNC um, when he gets there. But I mean, at the very least he's going to be an on base machine mm-hmm. just with the amount of hits that he can produce. And, you know, that's an RBI guy right there. That's a ribeye, you know, put him in number three in the order and go from there. Um yeah, I mean, what what else is there to say about Andy, guys? I mean, not really I, much.
2: No. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't strike out. He walks a lot. He's a high energy kid. You know, he seems like he's having fun. Everybody's having fun around him. Yeah, it just seems great kid. I got his autograph. <laughs> but,
1: but, I I just think, I think you know I try to keep this. I, I try to keep you know watching him play since Bradenton and stuff like that. I'm just so excited that he's taken this progress and taking these steps and stuff. And now we're, we're like on the cusp of him being able to do this at the major league level, because like, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, may, may, maybe it'd be, you'd, you'd probably be crazy to say that like watching him play in Bradenton, we saw this kind of level of progression or him, didn't probably expect him to reach this level that he ended up reaching but you watched him play in Bradenton and you just knew he was going to be a good player you just knew mm-hmm. he was going to be a good major league player and, and it's just it's it's very exciting to see him take, take that kind of step because like Nola said he's just seems like he's one of those energe- energetic guys who you know just people love being around him and he can bring that kind of spark to, to mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. maybe that's needed to to start really getting things heading in the right direction. Here's
0: a question that's been like bugging me for a little bit with Andy. Um and, and, you know, the pe- people talk about the Pirates having development issues with prospects. And, you know, we've seen some guys come up through the system now with Charrington where we're like, oh, okay, like Luis Ortiz being ex- an example. Um, do you think the Pirates had a hand in – how fast Andy developed or do you think it's just Andy being Andy and he would have done that
1: in any system? I think it's a little of both. You could probably say, it's yeah. both. I do know. I think, I think like, if you look at his numbers in like the, the Mets system and like, he was always above, an above average hitter. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. so, I mean, you could always, probably always expected something to him to be good, but I mean, you, you, you have to think that like, it's It's like a team thing. like I hate to be like neutral with it, but it's like a team thing, right? Like like yeah, part of it's Andy doing it because he's the one that has to go out there and do all that kind of stuff, but you know, it's the development team you know supporting him and and giving him the freedom to be himself and and you know giving him pointers and stuff like that. And so like I, yeah, Andy's probably probably a major league player no matter what system he's in. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I think I do think that the development team does that, did have a hand in it somewhat. Yeah, it, it was just a question burning in my head. I was yeah. kind of no, I, there. I so I think that's fair.
2: And even to the degree of like last year, like we talked about with when they initially promoted uh, Henry Davis to Double A to give Andy the catching job in Greensboro, it was like I feel like there was a piece of that that was like like like. We want him to be back there, which helped him flourish himself. So I think,
1: yeah, they recognize that there's an there's more than <laughs> there's more than just an opportunity to get our first overall pick from from a, that year up to the next level because you know he's an advanced hitter and you know he should be moving up quickly. But there's also an opportunity here that because remember, Eddie didn't get off to the best of starts during the season. Like he he was hitting okay, but he like. Mm-hmm he was just he was just kind of okay, and that was when they had him kind of bouncing around all over the place, and Henry Davis was getting the majority of the time, but, mm. you know, like, the system recognized, okay, well, we know there's more here, so, like, what's going on? So, okay, let's send Henry Davis to Altoona, get him on the fast track like he should be, and then, boom, and he just explodes.
2: Yep. And then they flip-flop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, guys, that was our top 30 pirates prospect list. Woo! It was exciting. Um, there were some surprise names on there. Um, there were some surprise names left off the list.
2: Um, Sean Sullivan, <laughs> yeah. thanks, Jigba.
1: Thanks. I'm gonna yell at y'all. I had Sullivan 31. Thank you very much. <laughs>
2: Just outside. Just a bit outside.
0: Well, I mean, you know, we 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 genuinely hope you enjoyed the top 30 list. And, you know, it was fun for for us to do it. It's always fun to talk mm-hmm. as prospects. So, you know, thank you guys for listening to mm-hmm. this. And after this episode drops, we will most likely surpass the most downloads in this podcast. It's a very short history. February, we passed it. Um, the shortest month of the year. And you, your guys' support has been amazing. And we absolutely appreciate it. But before we end the podcast, Nola, we have been foreshadowing this the entire episode. And you have to get your woosaws in. I know. Woosaw. Woosa. You have to get them in. But <laughs> the Pittsburgh Pirates have optioned Travis Swaggerty and to Capita Marcano to AAA. Marcano we kind of expected, but the way Swaggerty like has been
2: performing
0: in spring, we thought maybe he had an outside chance, but when you think about it, he never had a chance all along and I'm not going to continue to talk about it because it pisses me off the way they use him. I am going to let the man of the hour, Nola Jeffy <laughs> give us his rant about this because it's it's a doozy
2: yeah well I mean I don't even know if I remember everything I was going I think I pretty much like blacked out when I was mes- started messaging y'all earlier but I just there's so many things of it I just it upsets me from so many standpoints and it's just um I think like one of the things I said earlier was just When I first tweeted about it, it was just, you know, how they're putting – they put such a – talk about, like, defense. And, you know, we get a defense first catcher. We get a defense first first baseman, two of them. And then, you know, we got Hayes at third. They're moving Reynolds to left field only to take Jack Sawinski and put him in center field. And, like, if you look at, like, outfield jump numbers, sprint speed, they're really not that much different. Arm strength. So it's almost like they're really just doing a younger version of Brian Reynolds in center field. So, what at that point, why even move Reynolds to left field? Just leave him in center field. And then going further, I personally wanted a Reynolds left field, Swaggerty center field, Smith and Jigba right field. Wait, did I say right? Reynolds yeah. left. Swaggerty Center, and Jigba right field. And I had actually wrote an article on all this, but it was a very long one and it never got published. But um, <clears throat> just to go through some like Jack Swinsky numbers and uh, I just want to say I'm not a Jack Swinsky hater. I love Jack. I just think he has aspects he needs to work on. And I think he would benefit working on some of these things in triple A. Cause, you know, I'll see people say that, well, he's the guy with experience. And I mean, he doesn't even have a full year's experience yet. He only had 372 plate appearances in 2022. And then breaking that down even further, and here's I'll throw this out there too. I, I would I would like someone to prove explain, prove, or tell me why Jack Sawinski should be the starter without mentioning 19 home runs, is is what I would say. Tell me why Jack Sawinski should be the starter outside of just the fact that he's hit 19 home runs. Because if we go to his numbers last year, when he first got caught up, he had 123 WRC plus in his first 62 games. He batted, he had a 30.7k rate a 9.2% walk rate. And then he went over 28. Now here's here's the fun part to me. He got sent down to AAA. Now, when we're talking about all these other players, we talk about their AAA Indianapolis numbers all the time. Well, and obviously I'm going to use Swaggerty. Everyone's like, well, he was just an average hitter. He had 102 WRC plus in Indianapolis. When Swinski went down to AAA, In 31 games, he had an 81 WRC plus, an 8.5% walk rate, a 37.7% K rate. Mind you, these numbers are near identical to Mason Martin. And there ain't nobody talking about how Mason Martin needs to be in the majors right now just because he hits home runs. Because this also ties back to how we all want to talk – everybody wants to bring up the fact that this whole – Triple A equals double A. They're the same thing. And I just think that is complete bullshit. I think Ben Chair, I think it was something he said back in... With the Red Sox. Yeah. And I think it's complete bullshit. I think people are... I think it was something that was mostly said in a heat of a moment because people were upset that prospects weren't getting promoted from double A AA to triple A. So it's just like, oh, we think they're the same thing. But if you look at some of these prospects' numbers, like Mason Martin, again, he crushed AA. He was awful in AAA. Like They're not the same. Because if we look at the prospects the Pirates, Pirates have promoted, it pretty much the, you know, I'm, I'm doing air quotes right now, the high-tiered prospects they promoted straight to the majors is pretty much Castro, Marcano, and Sawinski. Castro struggled, got sent down, and then started the next year in... Indianapolis. Marcano, he just got an option. I mean, he came up, had that hot start, fumbled around, went down, came back up, had a couple good games, fumbled around, went back down. He pretty much was the 2022 version of Castro in 21, where he was just like up, down, up, down, up, down. And then, obviously, Swinsky. But even when Swinsky got called back up, I mean... After his stint in AAA, he had a 99 WRC+. But that came with a 13.9% walk rate, a 31.1% K rate, and an OPS under 700. So the numbers aren't fantastic. I mean, the 982 OPS at home, 395 on the road, 794 OPS against right-handers, 511 OPS against left-handers. He hit the 19 home runs, but that only came with 38 RBIs. Because with runners in scoring position, it was a 159, 289, 391 uh, slash with runners in scoring position. With men on, it was 191, 284, 404. So it's not like he was a clutch hitter with runners on. And it's just... I think he is someone that could benefit in AAA. I think there are still holes to his game and this is one of those aspects where you know people say spring training numbers you know it's like they matter for some people they don't matter for other people what we're seeing this spring is a lot of what the existing issues with him are of the swing and miss you know and in the same breath, we want to look at what Hayes is doing and be like, oh, Hayes is a brand new player. It's like, well, I thought spring training numbers don't matter. It's like, but there's certain aspects to what he's lifting the ball. He's pulling the ball. There's certain aspects that we look to and we see and we're like, okay, something has changed. Mm-hmm. And when we go back to someone like Swaggerty, for me, the way his spring went are certain specific things that I have been mentioning for a while now. Like, he does hit the ball hard. The dude plays great defense. The dude's got a good – are and people were like, uh, uh well, his numbers are this. I'm like, no. And we finally saw numbers. We finally were able to put like EVs on them, and it's like, see, it's there. And and it's just I don't know. I've it, it just gives me this whole feeling of like they're catering to their guys for better or for worse. I mean, people want to talk options. <clears throat> and Jigbo Swaggerty and Swinski all have two options left. I, mean, I think Connor Joe still has two options left. Yeah. But it's like, oh, yeah, but they traded a prospect for Joe. So. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, I
0: wholeheartedly agree and, and I think one of the the arguing points for Swaggerty was well he was facing minor league pitching and you had some numbers I guess that kind of refuted that argument um, especially with back-end pitchers I mean he was hitting major league pitchers
2: well it's a, yeah I think I responded to that to someone <clears throat> My actually be while we were starting this podcast. So you know, I was like, I mean, he hit a home he hit two of his three home runs off major league relievers and he hit a homer off Zach Wheeler. Like not not exactly back end relievers. Yeah. And you
0: you brought up the you had a spreadsheet where um they were kind of grooming swagger <laughs> to be a bench player, a fourth outfielder. And you kind of had the uh starter replacement, you had the spreadsheet there and it pretty mm-hmm. much told that tale. Mm-hmm. They're not using Swaggerty where they should. At yeah. all. They didn't give him a chance from jump. Pretty much, no. It, that's, that's what it feels like now at this point. And it sucks. It absolutely sucks. Because in the things that he could control, he excelled in them.
2: And he did what he could do. And... Yeah. He, I... And one of the things that pisses me off, too, is the fact that, you know, it's and that's what I was saying, like, you know, the people that will be, smart. I don't want to be that guy that says, like, well, I watch the games, you know, I'm, I don't want to do that. I want to be able to put the numbers out there and let the players play, show that. But at the same time, when someone's like, oh, you've watched this, I'm like, I have, and this is what I've seen. And then, like, Swagger, he's out there on the the field. I'm like, this is what I've been saying. Like, it's being put on display. And then we're, again, I don't don't dislike Swinski. I think he's a great player, but I just don't think they're putting these players in the best place for them to succeed. Like, and people want to talk about confidence. Like, I feel like at this point, you might kill two players' confidence.
0: Yeah, you brought that up
2: in the chat. Because Swinsky did everything he could do, and they were just like, sorry. Swinsky's got a huge swing and miss issue, and it's continued. It isn't like it just showed up. He did a whole new swing. You know what? I hope he goes on a tear to start the year. Swinsky, I hope he does. But it's worrisome. So you have a guy that's swing and miss issue who doesn't look very comfortable in center field. So now he's going to do another thing focus on two different things plus like if people want to bring up his F war last year a lot of that was based off of his positive defense in right field so now you're diminishing that by putting him in the center yeah so you're going to have maybe a 700 OPS average center fielder
0: and you could have put Reynolds in center field and had much better out- output yeah, with the same defensive, average defensive center fielder.
2: Yeah, I, I don't really think there's going to be much change defensively.
0: No, no. It, it just all around sucks. It, it sucks. And and I, I think Mackie tweeted out the reason the Pirates sent him down to AAA was because they want him to start every game. I mean, you could have done that in the major <laughs> league level. And Nola, you brought up the fact that if it came down to CSN and Swaggerty, you could see that argument where they would pick CSN over Swaggerty. But the discussion—I really
2: understand that to a degree, yeah.
0: But the discussion comes into Swaggerty over Sewinski, and the numbers are just glaring in my opinion. I and like you said, I love yeah. Jack. I've talked to Jack several times. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's a good player. It's just he needs to work on shit. And the Pirates don't see it that way. And it sucks. I, I don't think he can fix that, those issues at the major league level. I just don't.
2: And, and that's what yeah, because you look, I mean, yeah, it was only 31 games. But, I mean, for someone, you know, because, again, if we're saying that double A AA equals triple A, plus he had MLB experience, he should have been crushing triple A. The this, this same way Cal Mitchell was, absolutely demolishing AAA. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and he didn't by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. And striking out basically 38% of the time. That does not translate to everyday outfield starter. It just doesn't. And, I, and Murph, you've brought up the fact that those 19 home runs are not repeatable especially with the way he's been swinging the bat.
1: Yeah. no, Like I, at that point, it's really just the only numbers that really support it. If you want to get, if you want kind of want to dig into the analytics and everything with it, the only numbers that really support those 19 home runs are the 19 home, home runs. Like he he didn't chase his chase rate was pretty good, but like his, it, it's weird. His chase rate was good, but his whiff rate was really high. So that means he's not chasing baseball's out of the zone he's just straight up missing so like he's getting pitches to hit in the zone he's just not capitalizing on it and like we talk about like him hitting the ball hard and stuff like that i gotta pull it up to double check one more
2: well his his average ev was actually just a tick below league average wasn't it yeah that's
1: that's what i was getting ready to to pull up just to double check and confirm with it but like yeah for as we say like he hits the ball hard and yeah he does he does there's sometimes when like it's really flashy, but he was in the 38th percentile when it came to average exit velocity. His max exit velocity was really good; like he he hit the ball hard when he hit the ball hard. Mm-hmm. It's just was it his max exit velocity was 112.4, but his his average was just 88.3, which the major okay. league average was 88.4. So he was pretty much right at major league average with it. Yeah, so.
0: I don't know. And, and like you said, Nola, I, I hope he succeeds, Sawinski. But yeah. it, it just doesn't look like it the way he's been in spring and the track record previous. So I don't know. Maybe he makes a 180 and turns things around. I just don't see it. I think Swaggerty deserved a starting role. It's just he was doomed from start. I don't think he had a chance to begin with. And here we are. We act surprised, but we probably really aren't
2: yeah no, i i and that's why it it doesn't surprise me. It's just a lot of the talk around it is just the whole like, you know people bring up like the player centric players earning and I, that's just like, a- I, I don't know man,
0: yeah.
2: It's just like at that point, it's like what like, what's the guy got to do? That's so, why like, I told someone I was like, apparently he's got to get traded, and then he has to go somewhere else, and then Ben Charenting has to trade for him to come back. Apparently, you know, like Connor Joe. <laughs> then he'll be like, "Oh, he's my guy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You brought up
0: the fact that he'll go to the Royals or the A's. <laughs>
2: Well, that's what, uh, who was it? Uh, Drew Waters, because Drew Waters got hurt. And I'm like, well, yeah, maybe uh, maybe uh, he'll be the new Drew Waters since he got hurt. There you go.
0: Yeah. But, boys and girls, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, like I said, we really appreciate all the support you've given us. And we really enjoyed this top 30 list. Um, you know, maybe we'll make this a yearly thing and continue to do it until we're old who knows but <laughs> that that yeah i know that was that was a weird statement um but yeah. as always we'll leave you with the uh socials so that way you can follow us on the bird app i'll start with mine it's at @2hg013 you can also follow my work on pittsburghbaseballnow.com um recently wrote an article on Cody Bolton unfortunately he got sent down to minor league camp, but he had a really strong uh, minor league or spring training and um, looking forward to see what he can do in AAA now that he's strictly a bullpen pitcher. Kind of go balls to the walls as I put in the article. So, let's see. Murph, give out your social, Big Bear.
1: As always, give me a follow on Twitter at double underscore murphy88. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm kind of gearing up for the Started the season to start getting some new videos and stuff like that loaded up there. Um, Follow my work on pirates prospects at pirate prospects. Um, Got something coming up in the morning on the catcher situation, not just in the major league level, but like the upper levels as well. Um, Altoona and Indy with the the picture kind of becoming a little bit clearer with, with all the stuff that's gone on the last day or two. And then, um, I have no clue what I'm writing on for the Tuesday drop, but I will probably figure something out at at some point.
0: <laughs> Nola, my ranting buddy, woo saw, ah. saw, my friend. Give out no, your no,
2: Nola knowledge today. That was my knowledge. <laughs> uh, at Nola Jeffy, N O L A J E F F Y. Not really working anything, you yeah. know. Just as I said, I think last time, house projects.
0: Did you build those shelves?
2: Uh, no. Today was uh, finishing the deck skirting, uh, sanding off the sharp corners of my son's uh, place that I built. Nice. So, Nice.
0: All right. Well, yeah. like, I, like I said, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast so you can hear uh, Nola rant some more on Travis Swaggerty throughout the season. That'll be fun. And uh, as always, we love you.
2: And can we go back? Let's go. Uh, You damn it. You bastard.